Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Life with Chris and Tatum. We are so excited to be able to speak to you every single week. My name is Chris, and I'm the pastor here at Life Fellowship Church. And it's just amazing as so many new folks are joining in on these podcasts every single week, and you're growing in your maturity, you're growing in the things of God. And if you would like, it would really help us out if you would uh, share this these podcasts out on uh, social media. Give us a good rating out on whether Apple or Spotify. And let's continue to let this heavenly party continue on as people's lives are being touched and changed for eternity. Well, we are just a few days away from a brand new year. Can you imagine that? Think about everything that has happened in 2021. And yet we're still alive, we're still breathing air, we still have a, a skip in our step and our chin held high, or our eyes lifted up high to the Lord. And I'm just celebrating all that God has done, but I'm also looking forward to what God has for us in 2022. In fact, uh, I have more excitement about ministry, about what's about to happen than I have ever had. There is more anticipation, more exuberance, more passion. And I'm glad that you get to be a part and are a part of what God is is, is doing. So today, I want to talk to you, just you and I. Uh, Tatum's taking the day off. And I want to talk to us about the magnetic power of focus. Okay, so we're about to go into a brand new year. And I believe that if you're going to accomplish the things that God has for you, if you're going to see strategic advancement in this next year, you got to have you've got to have uh, the magnetic power of focus happening in your life. In fact, I want to read this verse to you out of Philippians chapter three. It says, "But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind." And reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking there. He said, man, I'm going to forget those things that are behind. And can I just encourage you? Let's, why don't you drop the things that you've been holding on to that have been, um, don't take them into this brand new year. No, instead have faith and vision to reach forward, just like Paul said. He said, man, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ. But but I want you to notice this scripture here in Philippians chapter 3. He says, but one thing I do. You can see that. Read that for your, uh, yourself in, in, your own, in your own Bible. It says, one thing I do. In other words, he had the magnetic power of focus. And the truth is that in our world, we can get so distracted by so many different things that want our attention. How about this? How about media, sports, hobbies, entertainment? There are so many things that are vying for our attention, so many things that are trying to distract us. But I believe that one of the keys to the successfulness of uh, the success of Paul's ministry was the fact that he was able to focus on 
one thing. So I want to talk to us here today about how to do one thing and how to do it well, how to have extreme magnetic focus in your life. So let me give you a few uh, uh, principles here. Number one, successful people analyze everything through the lens of personal focus. So the most successful people in the world are known for focusing on one thing. They're focused on that. Uh, you think about uh, when Bill Gates was in the computer industry. He was focused on computer technology. He didn't think about sports or anything else. He was focused on one thing. Uh, Phil Knight, he was focused on athletic wear and shoes. He, he's the founder of Nike. He wasn't dabbling... In, uh, uh, in in real estate and uh, you know biotech and all of that, he was focused on athletic wear and shoes. Billy Graham, think about him. He was focused on seeing people come to Christ, stadium evangelism. In fact, I want you to think about this, especially as we prepare to go into a new new year. Earl Nightingale said, "If you spend an hour a day on a specific subject." you'll actually become an expert on that subject in five years. Think about that. You, whatever it is that you want to focus on, can become an expert in just five years if you'll just spend one hour a day on a specific subject. That's the power of focus. It literally gives you the ability to become an expert. And that's what I want you to be. I want you to be an expert in the things that God has placed on the inside of you, because successful people analyze everything through the lens of personal focus. So in America today, experts have taken the seats of power, not generalists, experts. So the handyman has given way to the specialist, meaning this, uh, if you were the only person that knew how to work on a brain, you'd be rich. Why? Because that's the power of focused. Uh, that's the power of being a specialist. And specialists have become uh, an expert in their field because they have given tremendous focus to that one area. In fact, think about this. In the business world, the marketplace, in corporate America, of the top 10 companies in the United States today, only one of them is a conglomerate meaning that they focus on more than one thing, and that's GE. But Microsoft, Walmart, Amazon, Apple, they're all known for one thing. So let me say it like this. Uh, think about the sun. The, the sun, yeah, it's, it's spread out widely, but a laser, when it's focused in, can cut through, drill through a diamond and kill cancer. Listen, focusing on your natural talents will focus your energy positively towards the things that you enjoy and excel at, allowing you to, to reap the rewards of success without zapping your time and happiness. And to do this, you have to prioritize. You have to focus in on the tasks in your life. So I would say to you, you need to choose to do a couple of things. You either need to dump it delegate it, defer it, or do it. I'm going to say that again. Some of the, There's things in your life right now that you either need to dump it, delegate it, defer it, or do it, okay? So that's the first principle. Here's the second one. Focus on your present 
or you're going to abort your future. Uh, in 1 Samuel 17, uh, it, it talks about that if you're not extremely focused on your present, you're actually going to abort your future. Listen, David's destiny was disguised as humble, pride-swallowing, uh, a, a pride-swallowing delivery boy. Because in 1 Samuel, uh, his dad asked him to go deliver all kinds of meat and cheese and what have you, some supplies to his brothers that were on the front line. And yeah, David had already been anointed as king, that God had already told him that he was going to become the next king of, of Israel, but yet he would humble himself to focus on the present tasks instead of getting himself off way into the future so far. He, he was called to serve his brothers, not to be king, but to be called by his dad to be a pizza delivery boy. And it was when he was doing the assignment, the task at hand, that's when he heard the challenge from Goliath. Listen, if you want to get to where you want to go, you've got to be intense about what you're doing today. In fact, um, when I first became the pastor here at Life Fellowship Church years ago, I remember how many people um, tried to distract me from the purpose of what I felt God was calling us to do, to, to raise up a life-giving church to all of North Dallas that would really impact the world. And uh, I had so many people that you know called up and said, hey, Chris, can you come and speak here? And we'd like for you... Well, yeah, I actually had like three or four different job offers to go other places. I had people in the church that were not happy that we were not spending as much on missions. And instead, I was trying to get home healthy. <laughs> because how many of you all know the light that shines brightest abroad shines brightest at home. And so I had to tell a lot of people no. I said, no, we're going to focus on home. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going off speaking in other places. I'm not going to be doing all kinds of other ministry. I'm going to work on what God's doing here at Life Fellowship. And God honored that. Listen, I, I love going to speak other places. I love encouraging other leaders. And that's part of my DNA and what God's called me to do. But I was in a season that I needed to focus in on home. Got to get home right. Got to get home healthy. And again, we had a number of people, like tons of people, probably 60% of the people of, of the church left because they thought, well, Chris, you're not giving enough to missions. And uh, can I tell you, today, 11 years later, uh, we here at Life Fellowship Church now, uh, our entire income that we had all those years ago, we easily give double, if not triple, the amount of money away to missions than what they had coming in all those years back. Why? Because we had to focus on our present or else we're going to abort our future. And that's really important that you that you don't see yourself, that, that you don't get so far into the future that you miss out on the, the assignments that are, is right in front of you. Listen, if David would have done that and would have said to his dad, no, I don't want to be a pizza delivery boy. I want to do what God has called me to do, what I feel like is going to happen in the days to come. I want to start doing it now. Uh, he would have aborted his future. He was 16 years of age at the time, and it wasn't until he was 30 that he became the king. So almost 15 years later, he had to wait. Listen, preparation time is never wasted time. 
Jesus spent 30 years of preparation for a three-year ministry. Okay, so focus on the present tasks that's in, in front of you. Here's the third thing, and that's this. Uh, the devil's most devious sin is distraction. So James chapter 1, verse 7 says, for, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Listen, it, if you just have two areas of focus, God's plan and the devil's distraction, you're going to be unstable in all, all your ways. So don't get distracted. Okay? And it's easy to be distracted when things aren't working out well. It's easy to be distracted when the enemy is trying to tempt you. But stay focused on the plan of God. Remember this, the Lord will always lead us in steps, not leaps. In, in fact, it says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. It doesn't say that the giant leaps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Uh, Confucius, I love this. This is incredible. He said, the man who chases two rabbits catches neither. So stay focused. It's the magnetic power of focus. Uh, listen, you, you cannot be a people pleaser and maintain focus. I always tell people that if, <laughs> if, if you want a friend, go get a dog, but Never a cat, <laughs> but but a dog. If if you want a friend, go get a dog. But if you want to be a leader, uh, you can't be a people pleaser because you're not going to be able to always please everybody because the enemy is going to want to distract you. And we've got to be people that are focused on the plan of God that he has for our lives. Listen, there's times that you're going to have to say no. No, no to different activities. No to, you know, if you're going to be, uh, if you want to get in shape in this new year, you're going to have to say no to certain foods. No to just being lazy. Uh, if you want to get financially fit, you're going to have to say no to a lot of different things so you can remain focused. If you want to be spiritually strong in this new year, you're going to have to say no at times to things. Listen, focused people usually upset others around them. And so don't get taken back by the fact that people get upset or they, they feel a little uncomfortable by the fact that you're focused, that you're driven, you know where it is that you want to go. Uh, just become, uh, become aware of that and don't let it deter you. Don't let it distract you. You know where you're going. Keep putting one foot in front of the, of the other. You have, a, you have the spirit of grit on your life because the devil wants to distract you. And we're not going to get distracted. We're going to accomplish the plan and purpose and pursuit that God has for us. Okay, here's the fourth one. And that is obsession is the focus. Uh, obsession is focus that has become unbalanced and destructive. So obsession means that you've become so focused on your ministry, it destroys your personal life. Obsession means you become so focused on your hobby, it destroys your personal life. An obsession becomes that you're so focused on your business or, or whatever. You're so focused on your on your kids that it destroys your marriage. Listen, we've got to be focused on the right things and not become unbalanced, or else it'll become destructive for us. So many people burn themselves out because we become obsessed. We become focused on the wrong things. We've got to have a healthy 
balance. You know, in Mark chapter 6, verse 30, Jesus, the Son of God, took an entire month off from preaching and ministry and everything to rest and to pray. Think about that. Jesus made the guys get in the boat, sent everyone away. And if Jesus, the Son of God, needed time alone, if he needed rest, if he needed to retreat, how much more do you and I? That's why I would encourage you, take this this season right before we go into the new year just to rest, recharge. Yes, Jesus was focused, but he took time to rest. Even on the seventh day, He communicated to us that we need to rest. In fact, check out this study. This is really interesting. According to uh, Dr. Richard uh, Swenson, productivity increases when people get the appropriate amount of rest. One study in Britain found that productivity of workers who put in 60 hours a week decreased by 25% and that they would likely accomplish more in 45 hours at 100% productivity. In other words, the people that were working 60 hours a week weren't getting as much done as those that were working 45 hours a week. And God programmed us in, in that way. Listen, if you're not honoring the Sabbath, if you're not taking a day off, that you can just recharge, refocus, be refreshed, you're violating a commandment of the Lord. And it's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. It's not the 10 suggestions. It's a 10 commandments. Everybody, rest. By resting, you actually recharge. By resting, it actually positions you to go forward. In fact, Jesus, the the Father, God did this when on the seventh day, again, it says that he rested. In fact, interesting enough, in the Hebrew language, uh, it actually... It actually means this, that God breathed in. Come on, think about that. Uh, We we need to breathe in again. We need to breathe in the Spirit of God. We need to breathe in and have fresh wind blowing in our sails. We've got to slow down. In fact, um, in an article called Death Takes a Holiday, they discovered vacationing is good for you. A study to be published uh, next month in the Journal of, of Medicine finds a correlation between the number of vacations people take and their risk of death. Psychologist Brooks Gump of the State, uh, State University of New York studied the vacation habits of 12,338 men for five years and discovered that those who did not take vacations suffered the highest death rate and the highest incident of heart disease over the next nine years. By contrast, those who vacationed every year reduced their overall risk of death by 21%, and their risk of death from heart disease by 32%. Gump says vacations may have a protective effect on the heart by reducing stress, which is thought to influence heart disease in several ways. In other words, bottom line, make sure you're taking vacations. Make sure that you're retooling. Make sure that you're refreshing so that you can come back with even greater, more focused um, energy than you've ever had before. You know, some of the best moments where God has spoken to me about the vision of our church and our 
in our in my family, and uh, our finances, have been when I have gotten away, and and life is busy. I'm, I'm going to tell you, life has not slowed down for me as a pastor. It just seems to get busier and busier and busier. And typically, it takes me about a good week, sometimes a good week and a half, before the adrenaline starts slowing down a little bit. And when I experience those moments, that's when the voice of God even becomes clearer. That's when new vision hits my heart. That's when I start seeing things that I've never seen before. Everybody slow down. Here's the fifth thing, and that's this. Focus is sharpened when it's put in writing. Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision or write your focus and make it plain on tablets. So write the focus of where you're going and you're going to be able to run with it. We've got to take time each day, each year, each month to see where we're going. So write down a focus list of things that you want to do throughout the day things that you need to get done and, and, and mark those things off. Write down a focused um, list of things that you want to get done in the next month and cross them off. Uh, Nike's mission statement, they wrote it down. Phil Knight, he wrote it down. And that's this, to put a swoosh on every person's feet in the world. Think about that, to put a swoosh on everyone's, every, everyone's feet. Talk about a big goal. That's called a BHAG. That's a big, hairy, audacious goal. <laughs> uh, how about Microsoft? The, their mission statement years ago was to put a computer on every desk in America. I just think that we need to, we need to have a great focus, great vision, and put it in writing. Uh, Coca-Cola, think about this. They've been around for 120 years. 97% now of the world has heard of Coca-Cola. 72% of the world has seen a Coca-Cola can. Uh, and 51% of the world has tasted a can of Coca-Cola. And do you know what their vision was? Their vision was, we want every person in the world to either have heard of, seen, or tasted Coca-Cola. And I would say that they've been pretty successful if 97% of the world has heard of Coca-Cola. Now, think about that in contrast to the gospel. Uh, right now, there are 8 billion people on the earth, and we've had this gospel now for 2,000 years, and today only half of the world has an adequate presentation of the gospel. Now, that's a shame. Listen, if God had given the task of reaching the world to the Coca-Cola company, it would have probably been done by now. Well, why? Because, because there's a focus. And I just believe that what focus God has given you as you approach this new year, uh, God's going to help you to say no to the, to the right things. He's going to help you to say yes. Uh, he's going to help you say no to the wrong things, excuse me. <laughs> and he's going to help you to say yes to the right things, so that you can get into this new year re recharged, refreshed, with a laser focus, ready to be used by the Lord, and to see God do things in you that maybe you've never even knew that God has in store for you. And so I just want to encourage you, um, dream bigger dreams. 
See God doing greater things through you, but don't negate the incredible things that God has placed in your life in the present and be focused and become a person that is distinguished among so many people that are running all kinds of different different ways. Remember what Confucius said. He said, he who chases two rabbits, both will escape. So stay focused. Amen, everybody. Amen. Well, hey, Tatum will be back with me next week. You're going to absolutely love it. Hey, I hope you guys have a great uh, last few days of 2021, and I will see you in the new year. Amen. Love you, everybody. God bless. Bye-bye.